psychotic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. Uh, uh. All right. <clears throat> uh, oh, my God. I don't want it to spill everywhere. <laughs> That's so hard to do. Can you hear it sizzle? No, you can't. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with my that. My sparkling static water. We have, we got, okay. Oh, I don't have what do my we got? phone. It's a good thing I didn't bring my phone. One of the posts that we put on our Instagram, yeah. one of the memes that you sent me, yes. has gotten like a lot of likes and like a lot of like response and Which stuff. Which one? Um, I think it's Was the it John Benet Ramsey one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Gordon Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember who sent me that, but I loved it. Maybe I found it on my own. Probably not. But you sent it to me, and I was like, mm, post on that. And it's gotten, like, <laughs> a lot of people like it. So, Oh. Uh, uh, oh. Man. Do you feel better? That's the one I've, best one I've ever done on this podcast. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not eating today. Welcome to Off Air with Emily and Patra. <laughs> I'm drinking a sparkling water. I mean. A static water. A static water. Um. Okay, so I took one of those Dasani lime ones. I took one for me and one for each child. Yeah. Because I was very optimistic, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, two of them are in my fridge because one of them, we all, like, kept taking turns trying it. Yeah. And making this, like, awful stank face. And The one you made fun of me for yes, yesterday. The, that face. <laughs> and we just kept, we just kept trying to make it good for us. And it. We can't. Why yeah. does it taste so salty? I don't know. Try this one. Okay. Salty. Because this one's this just... This one's lime. This one's just Kroger Lemon brand. lime, yeah. See what you think the difference is. Better. Better. Less salty. I wonder... Still salt. This has thir- 18... 18? 13? A number? Whoa. Some, like, half the amount of salt in as in Dasani. You said this has 13, 18, half a number. Yeah, well, <laughs> Dasani has like uh, 38, I think, milligrams mm-hmm. of salt, and this one only has 15. Wow, that's like a third. So that would be why it's not, <clears throat> not as salty. Well, I didn't like it. So that's all. <laughs> I didn't like the Dasani limes. I like the sparkling ice brand. No sugar added. Yeah. Because it just tastes like delicious, sweet juice. Yeah. That's all I want. It's a little fizzy. Juice. Juice. I like the lemonade ones and the apple ones. Yeah. I don't like things that are raspberry. I like raspberries, Mm -hmm. but I don't like raspberry flavored items because it tastes like flowers. Yeah. So everybody write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Take note. I haven't tried. So when I like first tried sparkling water a long time ago, I didn't like it. But Mm -hmm. I tried the sparkling ice ones that I didn't like it. But that's just because I don't like sparkling water. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried them since since I decided that I like that's so disgusting. Since I decided I like. um, Do your pants fit better? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can eat more now. Oh, yes, baby. Um. I don't have any updates on no life, life updates. Let's I really see. Um, my life is in shambles. No, I'm just kidding. Everything's great. I love <laughs> life. <laughs> um, okay, so can we talk about? So I take watching and listening to true crime stuff in waves. Yes. Um, unless there's like 
something hot out that I need to watch. So yeah. something hot was out that I needed to watch, Abducted in Plain Sight, even though it had been out before. It was on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So that was insane. I'm sure you've watched it by now or whatever. But um, I was, it got me going on watching stuff again. Mm-hmm. And I am a sucker for, like, I love a good long, like, season-long documentary on a story. But I'm a sucker for those, like, 42 minutes of just frightening, you know, like, music scores. Yeah. And that skinny blonde lady looking at you very thoughtfully (laughs) being like, and then did you feel like you had to kill her? Mm -hmm. And somebody crying and being like, I had to. I love that. Yeah. I love it. So I am scared to death. I live alone. <laughs> All I do, I want to leave every light on. Mm-hmm. I want to leave every door shut. This morning it was super rainy and windy. Yeah. Um, and the like the metal steps making so much noise. Oh. And I was like, man, I'm gonna be murdered any second. <laughs> any moment. Any moment. Any right moment now. now. <laughs> so that's what's going on with me. That's exciting. I'm just constantly living in fear. Yeah. But that's Fine. that's all. That's all that's going on in my life. I'm still living in my share moment from last week. I saw you posted something this I morning. I just want to do it like, all Aw. over again. It was so good. I'm so glad. It was really cool. I'm excited. I, I'm happy you had fun. She's up there. So, like, uh, the Honda Civic Tour, when they came to Indy the last mm-hmm. time, I think it was two years ago, um, One Republic, Fits in the Tantrums, and mm. James Arthur were together. And that was... The best concert I've ever been to. One Republic put on the most amazing concert I've ever been to. And now Cher's like wow. right up there competing. And I don't, I still think One Republic did like the mm-hmm. best, but that's just because like One Republic's my kind of thing. It's your jam. I just yeah. want to go see Cher because it's Cher. Cher. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. But I mean, it was awesome. And I just want to relive it. You for a minute. Sh- yeah, I get that. I almost wore my Killers t-shirt today. And mm. I thought was a pretty great concert, too. Probably because I was kind of drunk. <laughs> and I never get I drunk get at concerts because it's so expensive that. to do. Mm-hmm. But I went with friends and we snuck stuff in. Nice. So, and I don't do that because I'm old. What were those tickets that were on your desk for? Okay, we didn't get enough Kelly Clarkson tickets. So it was another pair of Kelly Clarkson tickets. They were like, oh, we shorted so many people. Did I steal Kelly Clarkson tickets? I think. I think I only have Backstreet Boys tickets on my. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when is it? It's at the end of March, isn't it? No, I want to say May. May. That's right. It's oh. one of those M months. One of I those think. M's. Um, I'm okay. Those. So, <clears throat> Dave, I'm sorry with my. <clears throat> Dude, God. I just belched I like four stop. times. It's fine. I know, but I. That's an annoying thing I, that I do. <laughs> in the last episode, <clears throat> we both started doing it at the same time. And I was like, this is too great. I'm just leaving this. Because <laughs> we were both like, ah. <laughs> it's great. Okay. So one of the gentlemen here in the office mm-hmm. sent me, Dave, ha, um, Dave, police warn 48-hour challenge has dangerous consequences for children. Have you heard about this? They just no. posted it yesterday, I think, and updated it this morning. A social media challenge Daring teenagers to disappear for 48 hours. And then the most, um, you get a point for the most people who, like, are looking for you on social media. What the hell? Stupid, you guys. Don't do it because. My God. Just don't do it. Don't. That's so stupid. Yeah. He, went, he was like, you should mention this on the morning show. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
Don't do it. Don't. Don't, don't fall for these stupid teenager <sighs> challenges. Nobody actually thinks you're that cool. No. If you if you disappear for 48 hours, if you eat a Tide Pod. I uh, mean. If you choke yourself. Right. You're not cool. It's you're not, really not. It's not cool. It's not funny. And honestly, uh, I would beat that. I, I mean, would beat the shit out of you if I you were my have, child and you did that. <laughs> I, my daughter likes to tell about this time when she was seven when I was like, okay, I'm going to spank you. I'm really going to do it. And I, I like couldn't do it. I like, I like high-fived her butt cheek and we both start dying laughing. But she was a little turd. She needed yeah. a spanking. She was lying all the time. Anyway, um, but I couldn't do it. But for this kind of bullshit, best believe. Best believe. Do not upset me. No. I only have eyebrows on right now, and I look terrifying. Don't upset me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. Lord. You are <clears throat> funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, Is it your turn to go first or mine? Uh, I think it's your turn. I think turn? it's me this week. Okay, sure. so um, by the time this airs, I will have already done this. But um, this weekend, I'm volunteering for Dance Marathon, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be in their uh, game show thing. So okay. even though I will be up past the time I normally wake up for work in the morning volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dance Marathon is a fundraiser to support Turning Point in Columbus, Turning Point Domestic Violence, and it's Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Yes. So I have a teen. I have a teen and a 12 and a half year old. A teen and an almost teen. An almost teen. And oof, I'm not looking forward to middle school with the second one. I mean, <laughs> not at all. But anyway, um, when the kids from Turning Point came to give us their presentation on why we should volunteer and why we should donate and support and support their fundraiser, they had some crazy statistics, which I'm not going to read them all to you. Um, let me see. Like red flags. And it says... For your relationship. So teens, listen. Also, anybody. Anybody. Listen. Um, but some of these things, I when they were saying them, I was like, you know what? As a teenager, you honestly may not know. My parents were not super open with their relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. My mom and her husband, my stepdad. I had no idea what was normal in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I had like some crazy family members that were <laughs> always in a fight. I had one aunt. I'm not going to name names. But she dated a married man, and we all knew he was married, and he would come, like, I don't know, six times a year and hang out with her for, like, a week, a long weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we all just knew, like, okay, well, bye. Tell your wife we don't say hi because she doesn't know we exist. I mean, it was— That was just my normal life growing up. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm glad I got this little tiny card because I didn't know all this stuff. Uh, Red flags for a relationship that's not healthy or signs that um, cross the line. Checking your phone without permission, extreme jealousy, insecurity, or mood swings, accusing of things that aren't true, um, talking bad about you or to like your friends and family or like to you, and then coming back and being like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, physical bullying or abuse, whatever. And I mean, if you know you can't do something because this person's bigger than you and you don't do it, they may not have put your hands on you. That's still physical bullying. And physical abuse. If you know you can't, because they will do something. Yeah. Okay. Um, just some things like that. And um, there was a statistic. Gosh, let me see if I can find it. It was like 35% of 
of teenagers experience some sort of like trauma in a relationship before they get out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not 35% of teenagers in a relationship. That's 35% of teenagers. Yeah. You know, that's that's insane. That's, so Yeah, that's wild. So I it means a lot to me. Um pay attention to your your friends and what they're doing and what they're going through and and that sort of thing. Um even back when I was in school, like this stuff was just not talked about that much. This dance marathon, it's been going it's they've been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't in high school 20 years ago. Almost. So close. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's what led me to my story today. Okay. <clears throat> also, excessive amounts of 2020 has led me <laughs> to my story today. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Okay. 16-year-old high school cheerleader Emma Walker had asked her mom to wake her early one morning so she could wash her hair. My daughter does this all the time. <laughs> or she would. She'd be like, hey— can you make sure to wake me up at 4.50 so I can do my hair in the morning? Mm-hmm. 4.50 a.m. Lord. Um, so at 6.15, a normal time to wake up and wash your hair, Amelia Jones. Her mother, Jill Walker. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Her mother went to wake her at 6.15. Emma was lying on her bed face up. Um, her mom was, like, trying to wake her up. She said usually she was easy to wake up. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of like, Emma. And, like, shaking the bed, and she nudged her leg, couldn't get her to wake up, so she immediately called 911. Once again, this one is rough. Okay. I mean, it's a mom that knows her she her yeah. daughter's dead, basically. I mean, she couldn't find a pulse, of course, <sighs> you know. Okay. So I'm not talking about that because it's, I mean, the 911 dispatcher's like, what's your emergency? And she's just, like, sobbing and saying information because she, she's not focused on what they're saying whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, an officer who arrived at the scene found a bullet hole in the wall, and the Walker home was quickly a crime scene. Two bullets were fired into Emma's bedroom from outside the home by a 9 millimeter handgun. One had struck Emma Walker behind her left ear. The second was lodged in her pillow. Mm. Um, okay, so she was one of those girls. Yeah. Question. Yes. Was it like... Through the wall or yes, through the window? through the outside wall. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. so it's someone who, like, knew there was a bed there. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me just take a little sip of my coffee. Sip, sip. That was a gross-sounding sip. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, her community of surrounding Central High School in Knoxville, they were, like, horrified. Five days later, after her death, students and families wore purple armbands in honor of Emma at the next football game. She was a football cheerleader. She mm-hmm. was, I think this was her sophomore year that she was shot, um, like fall of her sophomore year. So she'd been a freshman cheerleader and she was the only freshman on the football cheerleading squad. You know, yeah. she was a standout. Um, the, sorry, the community was shocked when uh, just a few days after her death, police arrested and charged William Riley Gall, 18-year-old former Central High football player, now attending Maryville College in Tennessee, her ex-boyfriend. According to the police, Riley Gall killed Emma after the teenage romance dissolved into a desperate obsession. (laughs) Emma and Riley started dating when she was a freshman, and Riley was two years older. Uh, Her mom says, in the first couple of months, everything was fine. It seemed normal. They kept a close eye on things because she was only 14. Um, 
Riley had been raised by his mother and his grandparents. He was the top student, loved to play video games, and his friends described him as a jokester, not the classic jock type, um, that he was a little bit on the nerdy side. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Emma's parents eventually began to get bad signals from their daughter, from Riley. It was the winter of 2015, so her winter of her freshman year. He started going, like, back to his ex-girlfriend and kind of, like, playing both of the girls. <sighs> yes. Um, but Emma's parents monitored her Snapchat and text messages as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, hold on. Emma's mom said that she didn't like some of the tones that Riley took with Emma. She said some of the language and the way she was spoken to, we didn't think it was appropriate to speak to anyone like that, and they tried to discourage her from seeing him. They would set limits of how and when they could see each other. So uh, in the in the 2020 I watched, the dad was saying that um, they wouldn't let her really go on a date. They would, like, get something to eat after the football game, and he brought her home. He would come over and hang out at the house, but she wasn't allowed to, like, go and hang out on a date with this guy because she was only 14. Yeah. On the other hand, she was also going to football parties and hanging out and going out to dinner after football games. They don't—she was going on dates with this boy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, some of the language that he was using, he would say, uh, like, "I'm." it's going to be graphic. He would be like, you're a fucking bitch. I wish you were dead. Um, yeah. Why are you doing this to me? And then immediately, I'm sorry, I only say that stuff because I care about you so much. It's, it's classic, mm-hmm. but when you're 14 and— you're just in the middle of it when you're 38 or whatever and in the yeah. middle of it. It's whatever. Yeah, when you're in the middle of it, you don't – it's yeah. very hard to process it and, is. like, distinguish what's what. You may not – I'm. it's hard to see it. When you see it, it's hard to accept it. Yeah. Um. So they would take uh, Emma's phone away and so that they wouldn't have contact. Mm-hmm. Riley had given her an – iPod touch mm-hmm. so that she could sneak and text her parent text Riley on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. There's always a ways around stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. and of course they're gonna find it. Okay. So when <laughs> Riley left for college, uh, Emma's parents hoped that that things would chill off, but they were definitely doing an on again, off again relationship until fall of 2016. Then they made like a final split. Okay. Emma was like, okay, I'm done. This is bullshit. And her teenage friends are, like, ecstatic because you know what it's like when you have that one friend who's on again, off again with that dickhead, and you just, you're like, why, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, so finally, she was like, okay, I'm over it. This mm-hmm. is done. So the weekend of Emma's death, which was in November of 2016, a bunch of weird stuff happened. Okay. Um, The Friday before she—it was a Monday morning that she was killed. The Friday before, Emma was at a friend's house celebrating a high school football game. So, I mean, it was a football party after Mm -hmm. the game. You know what those are like. I mean, I know what other parties were like. I don't know what football parties were like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Her phone went off with texts from a number she didn't know, and the person was saying that they had kidnapped someone she knew, and she needed to come outside alone. Mm. Um, go to your car with your keys, go alone. I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I will hurt them. Um, then the, another text said, 
We have him now. If you don't care about him anymore, then it shouldn't bother you. Call the police and he dies. Um, if you'd like to hear his final screams, give me a call. He's in a ditch beside the house. Emma and her friends go outside because they're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And they see Riley on the ground. Her friends that were there with her were like, okay, obviously this is him sending the text messages. You're not Mm -hmm. buying this, right? Mm -hmm. And she didn't, um, but she was upset by the whole thing, you know? I mean, of course. So, um... Riley then, like, some of his friends were like, dude, did this really happen? Were you kidnapped? What do you need? Do you want us to call the police? And he's like, no, don't call the police. It was obviously yeah, a, a stunt or whatever. <clears throat> the next day, so Saturday, um, while Emma was at home alone, there was a man dressed all in black, and his face was covered, knocking at the door, ringing the doorbell, banging, trying to get in. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, and he was, like, going around the house, up and down the street, that sort of thing. So she was scared. Um, She called Riley for help. Mm -hmm. And she, I don't know if they got, like, text messages, but she was saying things like, I hate you right now, but I'm scared. Can you come over? And that sort of thing. Yeah. It was Um, a, this isn't a come save me thing, but come save me. Yeah. It's not like, I want you to come save me. I need saved. Yeah. 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 Um, So I don't, they argue. Mm Okay. Okay. Um, it's never, nothing's ever really settled. No one calls the police, that sort of thing. Okay. After Emma's death, Riley's friends are super concerned about his well-being. They told detectives, oh, hold on. Okay, we'll go into that in a second. Um, so it's not humorous at all, but the way his friends were talking about it, Riley was known for being kind of, Depressed, being a sad, bummed out dude, an an intense guy. Um, One of his friends in one of the interviews says, they were like, how did you know he was depressed? And he goes, because he would always be like in the corner, like, I'm depressed. I hate myself. I'm going to kill myself. And they go, maybe it was like a cry for help. Yeah. You think? Yeah, it was a cry for help. (laughs) It was a cry for help, buddy. (laughs) Maybe. If your friend is saying those things, Mm -hmm. they need help. I know. Teenagers, dude. Okay, so um, basically, Riley's friends are not buying everything. They're like, dude, you, you're, what are you doing? We yeah. know it was you that kidnapped yourself. We know it was you being this intruder or whatever. Um, so after Emma's death, Riley's friends were concerned about his well-being, and they told detectives that Riley told his friend Alex McCarty— um, that the weekend Emma was killed, he had gotten a gun from his grandfather for protection from whoever was trying to hurt Emma and him because of the kidnapping. Okay. Okay. Uh, Knox County Sheriff's detectives questioned Riley about all of this weird shit. Mm-hmm. All of his answers were very vague. Um, he denied to detectives that he had told anyone he had his grandfather's gun and claimed he did not have a gun in his possession. Okay. So they need to find the gun that killed Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, when authorities discovered that the shell casings and a misfired round found at the scene were from a 9 millimeter, the same caliber as the gun that Riley's grandfather had reported missing. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, they um, contacted the friends. Okay. Um, the friends then collaborated with police to help them lay a trap. Which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so the two men that were contacted, they were like, 
what if we try to help you get the murder weapon back? So they set up, like, a camera and, like, you know, my—you have one, too, the little key fob with the button on it, you know, that flips out. They put a camera on that, and you get, like, a full view of Riley sitting on a couch talking to his friends about how he has this gun. He didn't kill Emma with it. He swears, and he can't believe his friends told the police that he had a gun in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um— so he tells his friends—I'm sorry, I just went off script here. He tells his friends that um, they should tell the police that they were drunk and high when they confessed that he had a gun, and so that would make it admissible in court. <laughs> so clearly he's getting all of his legal advice the same way I get it from watching old episodes of Dateline on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be admissible, right? <laughs> um, okay. Let me find. I just like totally. <laughs> you just kept going and stopped looking at the paper. What happened? <laughs> I <Okay>. love it. <clears throat> so they plan out this whole sting operation. Riley's over. And so Riley in the middle is of this is like, because his friends are like, all right, dude, we'll do it. We don't. He's like, I'm putting my life in your hands here, you guys. You know, being yeah. real dramatic. This kid is so fucking dramatic, dude. Um, <laughs> so. See, I did that whole page. <laughs> Um, All right, so he tells his friends, let's go get the gun and ditch it. Go with me. Uh, Riley suggests that they go to the bluffs. I found my spot. A wooded area by the Tennessee River where local teens often hang out to drink and get high, but he needed to go by um, his stepfather's house where the gun was to get it first, and then they were going to go throw it in the water. Okay. So they get in. McCarty, I don't remember his first name, Alex Alex McCarty's car, all three of the boys, and they stop by Riley's stepfather's house, and he picks up this trash bag that had other stuff in it, too. Mm -hmm. The friends try really hard to see the gun before, you know, like, before they call the police, like. Yeah. They the police know that they're out doing this thing and they're con- they're in contact via group text message, which freaked me out a little bit cuz when two people like if three of us are sitting in a room, if two of you if your phone goes off at the same time, I would be like, "Bitch." Like when we're in our meetings and <laughs> <laughs> you and I and the other morning show are on a group text message. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Like, can you fucking believe? So, anyway, but that's how they were in contact. Okay. So they sent the, you know, the police, like, hey, you know, we've got this bag. This is what's going on. Um, they sent a, te- a text message saying that they've got a bag, that they didn't see the gun yet, um, but it had some clothes and other stuff in it. When the, And they gave a code word or whatever, and the police show up. Riley's freaking out. Um, he's arrested and charged with first-degree murder and six other felony charges including theft of a firearm and aggravated stalking. Holy guacamole. Yeah. Inside the trash bag, not only do they find the murder weapon, but also black clothes, a head covering. Um, I can't remember what else. Something related to the, oh, tape from the kidnapping incident. Yeah. What so a shit stain. All of his bullshit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> okay. So they arrest him. They charge him. They, they, he basically hands him a bag of evidence like, look what I did. Yeah. Uh, after a week of testimony and more than 30 witnesses, a jury finds Riley Gall guilty of first-degree murder as well as stalking, theft, reckless endangerment, and being in possession of a firearm during a dangerous felony. And he was sentenced 
to life in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. But I am super upset because there were so many warning signs, so many red flags, and it could have been stopped so many times. Yeah. I mean, looking back, you see it all. In the middle of it, you don't. Mm -hmm. And that is it. Emma Walker. She was 16. Mm. Yeah. That's sad. It is super sad. And she's a sweet little baby. Like, you know. Yeah. Blonde and blue eyes and a cheerleader. I'm sure she was happy. I'm sure she's one of those girls that girls like me hated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. (laughs) So, I mean, pay attention to your friends. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. even if they don't listen, still... Uh, Keep telling them. Yeah. Tell other people. They'll get it eventually. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a bummer. It no. was a bummer one. Um, Is there on that thing mm-hmm. like, a, like a phone number, a local phone number or anything like I, if you need help? I have a 1-800 number for a crisis line that goes to the local turning point. Okay. 1-800-221-6311. Um, or you can message them on Facebook. They mm-hmm. reply immediately. Um, turningpointdv.org. Prevention at turningpointdv.org. Um, they're very responsive. Responsive, yeah. yeah. And if you're not local, obviously Google's a wonderful thing. It is. <laughs> and call you, us, to call be honest. Us. Yeah. We will. Let us know. Yes. Email us and we'll. We'll do what we can, but... (laughs) We will listen and connect you with whoever you need. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay. Okay. Sorry to be a bummer, everybody. This is a true crime podcast. I don't know how much of a bummer you can't be. (laughs) (laughs) Signed up for it when they hit subscribe. God, that's true. (laughs) I mean, it could have been a fun murder. Eh. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always fun and games. Exactly. So right. mine today is kind of short because okay. it was a quick, a quick case, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a whole lot of information. Sometimes Kate, we hear about a case and it sticks in our head, and then we can't find shit about it. Yeah. But it's like too bad. It's this like, is well, the one I'm doing. This is what you're getting. You're getting. That's what happened with my one that I wanted to do. <laughs> I remember I told you I was like, "Oh, I'm doing this one." I couldn't find anything good. I was yeah. like, Ugh, just um, "Don't want to state facts." So because I'm obviously just a child. No. This is, this is another grandpa story. <laughs> no, no. Oh, good. Um, so if you can recall, I mentioned, and I think it was the la- the most recent episode, um, my grandparents used to live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My grandpa got transferred there um, as part of his job, and my mom and my uncle grew up there for a short period of time. I think, I think it was like middle school-ish okay. for my mom, I think. All right. Um, so this is a murder that happened in Stillwater, Oklahoma, just down the street from my grandparents' house where they used to live. First of all, your grandparent, your grandpa has an amazing memory. I know. Second of all, he's on it. What are, they just love living in neighborhoods where somebody might have been got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in spooky neighborhoods. In, yeah. Seriously. In 1988, the Stepp family was living in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Mark Stepp was a 39-year-old technician. I put technician. Technician. Put an extra E in there. Yes. He was a 39-year-old technician for Oklahoma Gas and Electric Company, and his wife, Dolores, was 40 years old. She was an accountant supervisor at Oklahoma State University. 
Oh, excuse me. I know mine. I just let oh. some quiet ones out. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> the family had just returned home from a trip to a nudist camp in Hutchington, Kansas. The whole family? I'm Yeah, I'm assuming so. At least that's what this one article said. I'm sorry. Give me their names, their ages again. 39 and 40 years old, and they had a 18-year-old daughter named Francine. All right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to see my daughter's bush, but. No. Or probably, my I probably saw it enough. My God. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway. So they had just returned home from this trip. They also had a daughter named Francine. And on June 8th, 1988, Mark and Dolores were found stabbed to death in their home. Mark had been shot once in addition to the stabbings. The knife believed to have been used in the murders was found downstairs in the two-story home. Francine ran to a neighbor's house that night screaming, telling her, par- telling her neighbors that she discovered her parents after returning home from a night with her best friend um, at her best friend Cindy Wynn's home. Mm-hmm. So about a month later... Authorities filed charges accusing Francine in the fatal stabbing of her parents. Whoa. Yeah. Payne County prosecutors charged Francine Stepp and her best friend Cindy Wynn, both 18 at the time, of first-degree murder. Dang! Yeah. There were a number of rumors flying around, including drugs, abuse, and even satanic cult involvement. Wait, what year was this? 1988. Okay. Yeah, they love Satan in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Same. Satanic panic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Bradley, a local owner of a beer tavern, said of Francine that, quote, we knew they were going to question her and always thought surely she'd be a suspect since we knew she was the first one there, end quote. He continued that steps that the steps had some issues with Francine before, mainly regarding who she dated, but told reporters that he only knew Francine slightly. So it's just kind of right. Like a- um, Francine was a Girl Scout and an average student in high school and then attended OSU after graduation. She dropped out less than two months before the murder of her parents. She lived at home until her grandparents arrived to take her to Kansas after the murder of her parents. Mm. Um, Cindy was an unemployed waitress that never graduated from high school, She, even though she only had a few more credits to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy admitted she kicked in the door to the bedroom where the steps were slain and held and helped Francine dispose of the gun. In court, Cindy was seen sobbing as she was sentenced to 10 years in prison for assisting Francine in planning the murder of the steps. Um, she was obviously originally charged with first-degree murder, but they didn't have any proof that, she, right. obviously, that she did it, so they went down to a lesser sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, she could have gotten up to 30 years in prison, so I think 10 years is... Yeah. Compared to the original charge of right? first-degree murder, 10 years is not too shabby. Um, Francine pled guilty to the murders and was sentenced to life in prison. She admitted talking with Cindy about her, about killing Cindy's parents who lived next door to the steps. So I think, I don't know much on that, but I think from what I understand is like they were going to kill Cindy's parents, but Mm -hmm. instead killed Francine's or they were going to kill them both or I don't really know what happened. Do you feel a little bit like Francine was like the leader? Like we're going to do this. We're going to yeah. do this, Cindy. Yeah, for sure. And maybe Cindy is just like, you know, like, you get easily swayed by your friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, police said that the steps were murdered because they disapproved of Francine and Cindy's friendship because of Cindy moving out of her parents' home at age 17 and for her being involved in interracial dating. <sighs> yeah. Um, throughout her time in prison, Francine was denied parole three times in 2003, 2006, and 2009. State law calls for parole consideration every 30 years. 
So in 2012, which is 24 years later, Francine was up for parole again. She wasn't appearing in person, but up for a jacket review, which is the parole board reviewing her case to determine whether or not she should actually be Mm -hmm. present before the board for a full review. So she passed the jacket review for the first time in Mm -hmm. 24 years. The investigative report prepared by the parole staff indicated that she was a well-behaved, productive inmate who posed little risk. She had three misconduct reports, the last one being in 1991. Work evaluations showed her to be, quote, outstanding. And according to the report's risk scale, zero being low risk and six being high, she scored a zero. The report indicated that no other record of violent behavior, no document. The report indicated that there was no other record of violent behavior, no documented substance abuse, and that she had completed all recommended programs. She also earned an associate's degree in business in 2009. Um, The investigator at the time recommended parole or sentence commutation to 45 years. Um, I had to look that up. A commutation is is the substitution of a lesser penalty for that given after a conviction for a crime. Okay. Um. After research and stuff, I don't know. I think that didn't go through. She was denied parole at okay. that time. Okay, okay. Um, I couldn't find, like, confirmation of in 2012, she did not get paroled or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Cindy ended up serving her full sentence because I didn't see anything else. But, I mean, she, if that was the case, she would have been out at 28. Right. And, and in searching her name, there were other Cindy's that came up that kind of matched age, okay. age-wise. Right. That came up in, like, you know, white pages type of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she's probably just, like, living her life Yeah, she's somewhere. just, I think she's just living. Um, the last I found on Francine was an Oklahoma, Oklahoma parole docket from July of last year that— mm-hmm. Francine was denied parole in 2015, which follows the three-year thing. Right. Um, And her next board consideration was set for July 2021. So, from what I'm understanding, she was denied parole 2012-2015. It didn't confirm nor deny. It was just on a parole docket Mm -hmm. that was released in July of 2018, which follows the three-year thing. Mm -hmm. And it says her next board consideration is for 2021. So I'm assuming she didn't get paroled last year either. Right. So. Okay. That's that. She killed her parents, (sighs) dragged her best friend into it. Did your grandpa have any why do you think she did it ideas? I mean, because the casual mention of the nudist colony vacation. Right. I mean, what what was the neighborhood saying in 1988? Yeah, I don't know. And I, to be honest, I didn't think to ask. Oh my god! I'll uh, I'll shoot him the, this episode once I post it on yeah. Monday, and well, I'll ask him before, mm-hmm. but and we'll I'll follow up. Good, because we'll I want to know week. what what he thinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember vaguely this con- <clears throat> the conversation, and I I remember him saying that like what. Oh. Were they there at the time? I don't. Rem- I don't remember. I'd if it was like, because like, you know, one of my first, one of our first cases, I moved into the neighborhood shortly after. Was it one of those situations? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think either they had, they were there, or they had just left. Oh, so they did know I, the family or my know mom of them. Been Fifteen. So maybe they had just left. Okay. I don't know. I'll, that makes I'll sense. verify. Come back with more facts. Come back. <laughs> Instead of just 
spitting off my guessing. head. Yeah. Okay. So another question. I'm sorry. You're I know. Fine. I know we have stuff to do today. <laughs> I don't know. Um, do you think people like? Do you think she should be paroled yet? Like she's been a model citizen, but I'm she- sorry. I don't care if you're a model citizen in prison. You killed somebody. Yeah. I don't care how good you are. I don't care that you got a degree. I don't care that you don't have any. You don't care how much you've you. changed. Yeah. Or if you have changed, you still have to take your punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like she was 18. She was old enough to recognize what she was doing and make yeah. decisions. Okay. I do also, I mean, I obviously people can change. I'm different than I was last year. Yeah. And my values have changed in the past 10 years. Yeah, I get it. But mm-hmm. you make this decision, you have to suffer the consequences regardless of how long those com- consequences come. I like that. Is my opinion. Okay. So. I had a feeling. I mean, okay. she could be completely changed person. She could right. go out and be the best human the community's seen in a long time. Like, she's only 10 years older than me. That's why I was just curious. Yeah. Like, 10 years from now, I'm still going to be, like, getting it. Yeah. I don't—that's not that old. Mm-mm. And, yeah. So. I feel like—I mean, obviously, yeah, it <clears throat> sucks that she's <clears throat> 18 and she has the rest of her life in prison, but— Her parents had the rest of their nudist lives. Yeah. Yeah, what about your parents who still had who knows how long mm-hmm. left to live? They were only 40. Right. So, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I like that one. I like the little ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a—I just like the connection. They should do a dateline on that. Seriously. I'm going to send it in. <laughs> I'm sure they're taking requests. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, God. Speaking of requests, mm. if you've got requests on cases, let us know. It's Please. off air with EP everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and our email and our website mm-hmm. and podcasts everywhere. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm so low energy today. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so, exhausted. I'm trying to bring it up. I'm exhausted. It was hard waking up this morning. Mm. I was like, <laughs> fucking sucks. Wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait to go to bed tonight. I know. <laughs> like, and you so, have a long day. It's so sad, but it's fine. You have a long couple of days. And Emily has a long drive every morning where I drive yeah. literally 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> you yeah. drive like 48 minutes. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. And it was there. It, like the the precipitation is gross. And it was like walking through an actual slushy from the gas station. Seriously. Today. So it, we're yeah. recording this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the area, in the Columbus area, you know, <sighs> it snowed slash rained or whatever you want to call it. Right. And there's like an inch of just 7-Eleven slushy on the yeah, ground. Yeah, just. And it was worse up in Greenwood oh, where, I I, where I live. Mm-hmm. And it was like. I'm tired of it. Not a fan. <laughs> no, not we a fan of love that it. one. No. If it's going to snow, that's fine. If it's going to rain, that's fine. But whatever that was, nope. spitting 7-Eleven slushy out, I wasn't having it. Because, like, it looked like snow. Yeah. But when it, like, got to you, it was definitely just wet. Yeah, it was just bleh. But on the ground, it was... And I didn't, I mean, I do the weather every day. (laughs) Emily, that's my thought, too. I forgot, like, obviously I didn't pay attention to the weather that I did yesterday that it was supposed to do this overnight. I know. And I open the door and I take a step out to go start my car. And I'm like, oh, my, what is this? (laughs) I was, like, (laughs) just completely shocked and just, like, disgusted. (sighs) I get mad at myself. I'm like, that 
fucking weather girl doesn't know shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or if someone asks me like, oh, yeah, what is the weather like? Dude, I don't know. I've been saying it every day. You want me to tell you today's weather? Because I might accidentally tell you Monday's weather. I know. I forget it as soon as I say it. Yeah. You know, once I'm done saying it. Yeah. I I don't don't know. know. (laughs) Hell, if I know, that's why I have to write it down. If I'm look, if I'm repeating it, basically. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. Okay, I did have a little uh, story that came across my. Uh, it was from Virginia, so it's not local, but it was fine. <clears throat> this woman had kept her mom's body in her bedroom. No, and police just found no. it. She passed um, before Christmas. I think it said after Thanksgiving. <sighs> they just found it. I think it was. I want to say Valentine's Day-ish time uh-huh. frame. So a good three months. And it was like she covered her, the body with like just blankets and air fresheners and what just the? and just kept the body there. Like she was there too? She was like there, she, living there. She lived how old there. The, the Was the girl? The girl, the oh, she was older than me. Ew. Like I want to say 10 to 15 years older than me just by the picture I saw. I mean, I'd want to keep my mom. I'd no, just be like, I'd be like, all right, you're never leaving, but just keep a poster size bomb selfie of me. I know better, you know? right? Like, like I would want to, and just be like, I never want to let, I never want to let that happen to go to let it go. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't ever, never ever. How long? How long do you think? I'm Ugh. sorry, this is gonna be gross. No, it's fine. how long? Like, what do you think the stages are of the smell? Like, to when she bought, like, the first air freshener. Do you think it was the the first night, second night? Probably, like, depending on environment. Mm -hmm. Probably, like, second or third night. Yeah. They said that she was covered in, like, 40 blankets. Like, (sighs) were you going out and buying more blankets? Where the fuck did you get all those blankets, dude? I mean, I've got quite a few blankets. Not 40. Right? But I've got quite a few stocks. (laughs) But also, like, I wonder if that's kind of a thing and I don't ever really actually truly want to know the answer Mm -hmm. but I wonder if it's the thing like you know how if you live with animals or we all have our own smell smell. Mm -hmm. that we don't know notice Mm -hmm. do you think that like it got to that point where it was like it stunk but the daughter didn't oh didn't realize like she had grown accustomed to a specific the specific smell yeah to where did it say like somebody else called? Someone called because and of complained the smell. of the smell. So yeah, that had <laughs> yeah. to have been it. That yeah. that she was just like these air fresheners are taking care of it. Mm-hmm. I only smell yeah this standard scent that doesn't smell right to me. I am but to everybody else. It's I have a, specific a bad smell. smell. I know I do too. Yeah, and I'm always worried about my house because we've got three cats. Oh, and. <sighs> Kitten poop is the nastiest smelling thing in the world. It is. Okay. It's <laughs> not potent. compared to a three-month-old dead body, but <laughs> it's a it's, pungent yeah, smell. <laughs> kitten smell is definitely a lot more intense than just cat poop. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, it is. And we had just gotten over the kitten poop stage with Yoda when I got Finn. Oh. And it was like, oh, I forgot how bad kitten poop stunk. Right. And it's like, it's it's I'm consistently cleaning the litter box. With yeah. three cats, I it's consistent. Right. And it's like, so whenever, if I'm having guests over or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, it's like candles all over the house. That's An so entire can of funny. air freshener. And it's like, clean the litter box 
and uh, you know I'm what? very paranoid about that. And I don't want to be. I understand, like, I, if you're, you're getting just so worked getting up, there, <laughs> I get so self conscious about it because, like, obviously, if somebody's coming over within like two minutes of them walking in the door, the cat could take a na- nasty ass. Yes. Shit. And it's like one of those, it's going to take an hour to air out. Yeah, kind of. seriously. Yeah. Oh, it's my biggest fear that I, that my house smells. And then if my house smells, uh-huh. what do I smell like? So I like, my gosh. But it makes me feel okay because every almost every day when I come in, you're like, oh, you smell good. I'm like, oh, She does. God. She smells great. Oh, thank God. <laughs> she smells wonderful. I've noticed that I only smell like my own cat's litter box. But when I go to other people's houses, like I rarely... Yeah. notice it. But if I walk into my house, I'm like, does does a grown-up live here or is it only fucking cats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? I get that too. Yeah. And I feel like Christopher's extra sensitive about it. Mm. And he's like, he smells it before I do, which I don't have. I feel like my sense my sense of smell is a little mm-hmm. low. Okay. and But he's like, it stinks in here. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even <laughs> smell it yet. And, right. then, and then it hits me and I'm like, oh, got it. Then. But yeah, I I'm kind of feel that too. It's yeah, like I feel I smell it in my house, but other places I don't. And and I like that so much. You're worried that you smell because of the cats. So imagine <laughs> what that woman smelled like. Uh, so she's just getting her groceries. She's at Kroger. You're in line behind her at Kroger, and you get a whiff of a woman, and you're like, "That's is, not a litter box." Is that what's happening here? <gasps> Gasp. Oh, my God. We, Next week on Off Air with Emily and Patra. Emily and Patra discover the truth behind the stench in the office. O-M-G. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with some other true crime. Some so. better better murders. Happier murders. I'm so sorry. So sorry today was such a downer. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my murder was just so short it wasn't satisfactory. My God. Oh. That's fine. Send your recommendations off air with EP. Uh, Bye. Bye.